This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Tina Pugh. Thanks, Sid. My name is Tina Pugh, and I'm one of the producers here at Messianic Vision. Today, I have a special treat for you. We have Stephen Music with us. He's the author of the book, Life After Heaven. And I can't wait for you to hear Stephen's story. Now, Stephen, you're the founder and CEO of a well-respected financial advising firm, and you hold three master's degrees, and you've been teaching at the University of Denver. Stephen, you have so much to share with us, but let's start at the beginning. When you were growing up, you had nice parents that faithfully served at the local Episcopal church, but really everything wasn't okay at home. Tell us about that. Um, when I was raised growing up, um, my brother was an undiagnosed bipolar, and so I was the younger brother, and it, it was uh, it was one of those things where every time he got me in a in a quiet corner or a, a corner of the house, he just beat the daylights out of me. Mm. And my parents did the very best they could do. Um, it was an extreme challenge dealing with my brother and his bipolar um, piece. And so for me, um, I grew up in a household. It was, it was a Christian household. It was a loving household. But my experience growing up as an adolescent was one of violence and vacancy. And so I literally grew up without any kind of identity. I didn't know who I was. So being beaten continually, I mean, that made you feel isolated and that there was basically no help. Nobody, nobody saw you, nobody intervened, nobody stepped in on your behalf. Uh, that would be an accurate assessment. Yeah. Um, I was in the United States Navy, and I was stationed at Great Lakes, um, both for boot camp as well as my A school. And the United States government in 1975-76 were very uh, concerned about a swine flu epidemic. And so they used uh, military personnel in North Chicago to test a swine flu shot. And uh, I, along with a whole bunch of other military personnel, had a severe reaction to the swine flu vaccine. And so I, I found myself uh, in the emergency, ultimately in the emergency room for the Great Lakes Regional Medical Center. And I had an IV in my arm and a Navy nurse walked in and she said, this will fix you right up. And she had a fully loaded syringe and inserted it into my IV tube and pushed the plunger all the way in. What was on the radio when you heard when she walked in? Oh, the, the, <laughs> I should have known something was about <laughs> to go off um, because the song on the radio was from Electric Light Orchestra and they were singing Evil Woman. Oh, no. 
I thought, oh, great. Um, so the 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 antidote to the swine flu vaccine um, that they just introduced intravenously to me, I was also allergic to the antidote. Oh, and there's and, no way you could have known that or they could have known that either, right? No, no I, I mean, I was... Uh, I was just barely 20 years old at oh, the time, I so I had no experience with, with, with what they gave me. And, I, you know, uh, the, the, my, my right arm just got boiling hot, and it reached my armpit, and I went out. It's kind of like death by lethal injection. And so uh, during uh, the next thing I know in the rational world is I woke up five weeks later in intensive care isolation and a Navy nurse is at the foot of my bed taking notes and she gets up and leans over me and she says, welcome back. We thought we lost you back there. Oh my goodness. And out of, uh, during that five week period of time, I died. I went to heaven had a wonderful experience with the risen Christ. So when when that hot burning medicine went in your arm, what happened when it hit your chest? What did you experience? Um, I just I just blacked out. And so physically, uh, it was kind of like the spirit that's in me screamed, "Eject! Eject! Eject!" <laughs> oh wow. The, the the sack of skin that I was in it just it 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 was uh, it was crash and burn time. Oh man! And so very common with a lot of other people who have had near death experiences. Um, you go through a really bright tunnel of light. You are literally weightless, and you're transported. You're teleported from where it is. You know, in my case, Great Lakes Emergency Department. Um, into a place that is the, the, the most incredible physical place you can imagine. Um, at the end of that white tunnel of light, you get pushed out into what I would consider to be paradise. What did it look like there? Um, the best way to understand heaven is to do that by contrast and uh, we live in the land of bland now, and we, it's so bland we don't even know it. So you mean um, with all the taste, all the fancy foods that we have, and all the perfumes, and, and you're saying that's bland? Yes, all of it is bland compared to heaven. Oh, wow. You know, it's kind of like uh, watching 1950s movies and 1950s television in grainy black and white, as compared to, um, you know, high-definition HD flat screen, it's that dramatic visually. I mean, how so? Um, everything in heaven is crystal clear. It's bright. Um, it comes visually. It just comes after you. You'd want to think of... Uh, you know, the best National Geographic photograph, you know, where they do all the, the, the photographs of the year, and, and you look at some of those pictures and they're just mesmerizing. Well, heaven is a little bit like that. 
only it's everywhere. It isn't just one picture. It's everything. So it's awe-inspiring. What What were you hearing when you were there? Um, I my, my experience of heaven was an agrarian um, place. So I was all outdoors. Um, there there were fields off to the right. There's a great big oak tree in front of me. Um, there are foothills off to the left, and ultimately a uh, a mountain range. Um, there are it's blue sky with billowy clouds, and um, the the sound of heaven is all about music, and the music in heaven is sort of like the bass tracks to a really good symphony because the words of Christ are the melody. Oh, wow. And he fits, he fits perfectly um, into the experience of the, what you hear in heaven. So do you still feel like you're, you're like floating, you're not in your body? Do you still feel like disconnected while you're there? Now, for me... Um, I, I was, I was in heaven. I had a physical form. Um, heaven is a real place. Um, there's gravity there. Um, you, you, you walk and talk just like you do here. Wow. What fascinated me was when you described the peace that you felt there. Yes. The, the emotion of heaven is, is like being inside pure joy. And the best way to understand that is to go back to the to the period of time in your life where you absolutely were the most enriched emotionally. So it's a place where you were the happiest, maybe, or an event in your life that brought you to absolute pinnacle of, oh, man, this is the best thing ever. And then amplify that by a factor of 10. That's what heaven's like. Heaven forces you to be present in the moment because being captivated and captured in pure joy, it's omnipresent. You know, happiness here is, is there's a tidal flow to that. You can be really, really happy, and then you can also be sad. Well, there's no such animal in heaven. Um, it's omnipresent. It comes after you. And it's all about joy. Oh, wow. So were you alone while you were there? With the exception of the Son of God, Jesus Christ, yeah. I did not see, any, in my experience, I did not see any other people. So you actually saw Jesus while you were there? Oh, yeah. And, and part of it was um, within, with, within a, a couple of minutes of being in heaven, I was grabbed by both shoulders and embraced and hugged by the by the son of God and he said welcome. Wow. What is he like? You know, his entire countenance and what he appears as and what he feels like is a paradox. Um on one level, you would think that he was a bodybuilder or uh a logger or somebody that pulled on oars for a living. You know, he's, he's extraordinarily strong, powerfully built, um, 
And at the same time, his hands are soft. Mm. And he has a welcoming, embracing kind of quality to him. So, you know, he's chiseled, and at the same time, he's soft. It's like he's just a real man. It's not like, because uh, sometimes we have a hard time thinking about Jesus is in heaven, and, and he's, you know, I, I know he probably has brown hair. and Yep. And... But it's almost like he's a, a figment of your imagination sometimes when you have a hard time imagining him. Um, I, you know, I, I don't have a hard time imagining Jesus at all. Um, I just remember. Wow. And, you know, so, you know, he's, he's, in, 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 he's every bit of six foot one, um, broad shoulders. Um, he was dressed in a in a white robe that, you know, goes down to mid forearm, um, leather sandals on his, on his feet. Um, and we, we basically went arm in arm and took a walk, um, through a waist high meadow and Jesus went back through almost a pass and review of how my life had transpired up to that point in time. And he let me know that he was with me during all of the, all of the pain, and all of the violence, and all of the vacancy, the 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 periods of time where I felt like I was all alone and and there was no one there that would stand up for me. Um, he was there. And and that time in heaven made all of that okay. Because there was purpose in it, you know. What, what the enemy meant for, for evil, God turned to good. And, mm. and that's just, um, that's written in Scripture, but it's just true in life. And we're never, even though, even though we may be in solitude here and feel lonely, we're never alone. Ever. Wow. So what would you say to the people right now who are just really going through a hard time and it just feels like, God, where are you? I would say that in the darkest of times is when the Father is there. And there's a certain faith and trust in knowing that he is. And that's a period at the end of that sentence. So be it. Hmm. And it just is. But Jesus built into you while he was talking to you in that meadow purpose and peace and healing. What happened uh, when you got to the end of the meadow? Um, we, we sat down. We, you know, we, we did a circular trip through the meadow, and we sat down at the, at the foot of a, just a gigantic oak tree and continued our conversation. Hold that thought, Stephen. When we come back on Messianic Vision, Stephen is going to tell us the most painful words anyone has ever spoken to him, and they came from Jesus. You are going to want to get his book, Life After Heaven, in his brand new three-CD set called Experiencing the Kingdom of Heaven on Earth. This is three hours of life-changing teachings. Stephen has studied and practiced ushering God's love and presence into the world around him. And he wants to impart to you this revelation and empower you to bring the kingdom of heaven to people in your life. 
Did you know that the kingdom of heaven is closer than you think? It is not limited to a building where we assemble to worship God. God's kingdom is right in front of you. You just need to understand how to see what's there. Open the door and walk right in. Call now and get Stephen Music's powerful new book, Life After Heaven, Walking in the Bubble of God's Kingdom, and his anointed three-part audio CD teaching, Experiencing the Kingdom of Heaven on Earth, exclusive for our It's Supernatural audience, yours. For a donation of $35, shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9512. Through Steve Music's new book, you will read about his out-of-body experience, visiting heaven, and his encounter with Jesus. Receive new eyes to begin to see the kingdom of heaven in this life. Understand the secret of bringing heaven to earth every moment of your day. Learn how to nurture a relationship with God. So real and intimate, you'll feel his nearness as strongly as Steve Music does. You will also receive Steve Music's three-part audio CD teaching series, which contains three hours of life-changing teaching. Steve will share the revelation of how to usher God God's love and presence into the world around you. He wants to empower you to bring the kingdom of heaven to people in your life. Through this teaching, you will learn how to recognize the kingdom of heaven, like bubbles that are trying to break into your life. Understand how to receive divine provision from God. Find out how to connect your passions and talents with your job and your divine calling. Learn how to obtain godly wisdom, drowning out the voices of distraction. Get in sync with God's kingdom and obtain the key to obtain emotional and physical healing. Begin to experience bubbles of God's kingdom here on earth where nothing is impossible. It will change the way you see the world in the here and now. Don't miss out on getting Stephen Music's powerful new book, Life After Heaven, Walking in the Bubble of God's Kingdom, and his anointed three-part audio CD teaching, Experiencing the Kingdom of Heaven on Earth, exclusive for our It's Supernatural audience, yours. For a donation of $35, shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9512. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth, It's Supernatural, P.O. Box 392 Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9512 or log on to sidroth.org. Call or write today. Welcome back to Messianic Vision. We're here with Stephen Music, the author of Life After Heaven and his brand new CD set called Experiencing the Kingdom of Heaven on Earth. You know, the Bible tells us to set our minds on the things above. And after hearing your description of heaven, I feel like it's such a real place. It's not an imaginary place. We're not floating around with the angels and uh, with harps. That it's a real place. There's gravity. There's real bodies. There's people to see and talk to. And there's, most importantly, the Son of God, Jesus, will be there with us. I can't wait to go myself, but I know we've got a lot to do here on earth. So, Stephen... Like we were talking about on the last segment, you and Jesus were in heaven. You were having the best conversation of your life until you came to the spot in the meadow. And is that when you heard the most painful words of your life? Up until the point where um, Christ, with his arm over my shoulder, in, in a very tender, loving way, said, but you can't stay. And that was 41 years ago. And that's as painful right now sitting here as it was then. Wow. The most painful words in my life were, and you can't stay. Because the whole time I was in heaven, 
I thought I thought I a I knew it was heaven. I knew it was Christ, and I thought I was staying. I'm thinking this is good. I'm liking this a lot. <laughs> and so it was a gigantic surprise to me that you know he says and you can't stay. And with those words, I popped back into the white tunnel and arrived in the emergency room, you know, the intensive care isolation at Great Lakes. So for the first time, you realized you had been in a coma for five weeks. Yeah. Tell me yeah. what that was like. Um, I, when I was in boot camp, I qualified for SEALs. So I was 195 pounds, and I was chiseled. Um, and I woke up in the hospital about at 129 pounds. Oh, my gosh. And I, even after five weeks, it looked like somebody took a baseball bat. I was bruised literally from head to toe. And part of what caused the bruising is that the, the reaction to the antidote to the swine flu vaccine and the fact that they gave it to me intravenously and they gave me so much of it, I had extraordinarily high blood pressure. And it was so high that it literally um, exited the capillaries in my, in, in my arms and my legs and my torso. And I bled, I literally bled into my muscles. Oh, man. And how I didn't have a heart attack and how I didn't have a you know, a grand mal stroke and, and the fact that I'd, I'd be, you know, uh, I'd be a, be a, a memorial at Fort Logan, which is the military um, funeral place, you know, cemetery. How that happened is a, is a miracle of God. And, and the doctors are going, you could tell from my personnel records that they didn't think I was ever going to wake up, mm. but, 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 but I did. And, and so it was excruciatingly painful and I was a fraction of my former self. So Stephen, when you woke up, um, what was going on with you when you woke up? Um, I was, I was really disillusioned. Um, you know, I, I again, I, it was a big surprise to me when Jesus said, you can't stay. And so waking up in the hospital, there was like an elephant sitting on my chest. I had a really hard time getting a full inspiration. And so my breathing came in short, wheezy, um, gasps. And, you know, I, I sounded like Darth Vader. <laughs> really? Yeah, if you think about it. And um, it, it was just so disillusioning because I'd come from a place in pure paradise into a fractured body in a dark room. And, and there was a woman that said, we thought we lost you back there. And I just was really out of it. I, I didn't really understand it. Um, gradually, you know, you, you've got medical personnel that are coming in, starting to disconnect you from all the machines, and that the, their their countenance was amazement. 
I mean, the, you, you could just see the the people that were coming in. The, they're taking the you know the nose tube out of my the, the oxygen tube out of my nose, and they're they're pulling the NG tube, and um, you know they're disconnecting me from this and that, and all the beeps and the 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 buzzers and all of that. Um, and their their countenance was like we're seeing somebody who we we didn't think we'd ever actually see. Um, and so for me, I, I'm, I'm bruised from top to bottom, head to toe, and it's painful. It, it, it was painful to move. Um, and so I'd come, I'd come from a place of paradise to a place of being incarcerated. So did you slowly start to get better? You know, at that point in time, I was just trying to get my bearings. I mean, I, I, I uh, it, it was astonishing to me um, when I found out that I'd been, I'd been in a coma for five weeks. I mean, there was a part of me that, well, five weeks? I mean, I've been here for five weeks, you know? Wow. This is, this is May 12th? Are you kidding? It's because there's no construct of time in heaven. There's no sense of it. Time only exists in the here and now. And so I'm bewildered. I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm just perplexed. Um, and I've got a full-time job. I mean, literally, for you, breathing is an autonomic reflex. It, your body just breathes. You don't think about it. I literally had to think every time I took a breath. And did your lungs make a full recovery? Um, no, they never did. I, I ended up with, they discharged me as a disabled veteran with 60% lung damage in both lungs. It was the residual of getting the swine flu shot and the antidote. Um, and so I was on a, uh, on a, uh, an incredible number of uh, medications so I was meeting a client early for, for breakfast at a pancake place, and 